Thank you for listening to this production from New Life Presbyterian Church. If you'd like to find out more, visit newlifepca.org. Good morning, everybody. This past week, my wife pointed out to me what she considers to be my two biggest flaws. She said, I don't listen very well, and I don't remember what the other one was. I really wasn't paying that much attention. All right, that didn't, that didn't happen. If my wife were going to point out my character flaws, there'd be way more than two of them. Uh, but not listening is a genuine and serious problem that many people have, and it's something that all of us struggle with from time to time. The breakdown in communication that damages so many of our relationships over time is not just a matter of the words that we choose to say or don't say. That breakdown of communication is also a matter of not listening to one another well. So this morning, I would ask you, do you consider yourself to be a good listener? And maybe more importantly, would those closest to you, your friends, your spouse, your children, would they say that you're a good listener? Would they say that you have a listening heart? Because biblically, listening is not just something that we do with our ears. Listening is something that we do with our hearts. Listening is a spiritual act, and an inability to listen is a serious spiritual problem and has severe consequences for our life and for our relationships with God and with other people. And we see this in Zephaniah chapter 3, the first two verses. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, you can open them to Zephaniah chapter 3. We're just going to read those first two verses. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, you should be able to find a paperback Bible in one of the seats nearby in front of you. Take out that Bible. And our text is on page 460 in those paperback Bibles. If you have trouble finding Zephaniah in your own Bibles, it's an Old Testament book, one of the minor prophets. It's the fourth book from the end of the Old Testament. Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. So if you have trouble finding it, I actually have the text up here on the screen as well. Although this is not working. Can you advance that for me, Dan? Thank you. So it's there on the screen. So if you're able, let's stand for the reading now of God's word. Woe to her who is rebellious and defiled, the oppressing city. She listens to no voice. She accepts no correction. She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord remains forever. You can be seated. In just these two verses, Zephaniah here is describing the character of a people who will not listen. And what a failure to exercise a listening heart actually breeds in people. It breeds rebelliousness and pride and oppression and defilement and godlessness. But in flipping this around, we can actually discern the traits of a listening heart in contrast to the people that Zephaniah is addressing in this passage. A listening heart is marked by humility rather than rebellion and pride. It's marked by love rather than oppression, and it's marked by worship rather than godlessness. Humility, love, worship, these are the traits of a listening heart. So let's look at those three points this morning, beginning with listening demands our humility. Listening demands our humility. Consider that we start as listeners We're not born talking, 
We're born listening. And in fact, if you're ever going to learn to talk, you have to learn to listen. Children who experience hearing deficits almost always experience developmental delays and difficulties with their speech. But it's not just us who begins as listeners. We've been hearing from Genesis chapter one, Pastor Bob preaching on that chapter, and we learn that creation starts by listening to God speak forth his word. Creation comes into existence with listening. But then we get to Genesis chapter three in the fall, and this listening first posture gets reversed, and we become more inclined to be like the people in Zephaniah chapter three, a rebellious people. She listens to no voice. She accepts no correction. People who won't listen, people who are not open to correction are swollen with pride, answerable only to themselves in their own mind and following only their own, own sinful natures, which themselves are under the suggestion and the sway of the evil one. But because of our sinfulness, we tend to make everything about ourselves and so we enter into conversations as a platform for ourselves, as a platform to display our own intellect, our own wit, our own debating skills. We use conversations as a platform for our own analogous experiences that we use to always top the experiences of the person that we're talking to. We see these conversations as an opportunity to voice our own opinion. And our minds are so self-absorbed and preoccupied that we're formulating our own thoughts and thinking only of how we're going to respond rather than genuinely listening to the person who's speaking to us. And yet, Philippians chapter two, verse three, tells us that we should, in humility, count others as more significant than ourselves. And one of the ways that we can show this kind of humility, to count others as more significant than ourselves, is to listen rather than dominate the conversations that we're in. And if we're going to listen well, we need to admit that we don't know everything. Listening demands our humility because if we're going to listen well, we have to admit that we don't know everything. We have things to learn about the concerns a person has, about the thoughts and the feelings that a person has, about the thoughts and concerns and feelings that a group of people have. We have to listen in order to understand the complexities of a situation, different perspectives, the way someone is processing information. So listening demands our humility in this regard. Do you think you already know everything that you need to know to speak accurately and wisely to a person and his or her concerns and the issues that he or she is facing? You think you already know that? Maybe. Maybe not. Probably not. In fact, it's highly unlikely that you do. So shut up for a second or two and listen first. And keep in mind Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13. If one gives an answer before he hears, before he listens, it is his folly and shame. <laughs> to answer before you listen is folly and shame. You know, you've probably heard this too, but I've heard many times that women don't want men to fix their problems. They just want somebody to listen. And I'm sure that at times this is true. But in my experience, I've come to conclude that women, as well as men, will eagerly welcome advice as to how to solve problems and fix issues. They just don't want to hear that from somebody who hasn't taken the time to listen and understand the complexities and dynamics 
and nuances of the issue first. And who would blame them? No one wants to listen to someone spouting off advice if they haven't taken time to listen first. And the only way we can get to understanding the nuances and dynamics and complexities and concerns of a situation is by listening, by listening actively. Listening doesn't mean that you don't ever say anything. In fact, we could say that listening well isn't marked as much by silence as it is seeking to understand. Listening is marked by seeking to understand, often by questioning and probing to get to a deeper understanding of someone's thoughts and views and concerns and feelings and all of those kinds of things that are going on in someone's heart and mind, the motives, the aims. Why do you feel that way? Why did you respond that way? What are you after? What do you want to happen? Those kinds of questions. Now, of course, it's true. Just because you're listening well doesn't mean you're necessarily going to understand. Maybe the person's not making any sense. Maybe the person's not making any sense because he or she hasn't made sense of the things himself or herself. But you're probably never going to understand unless you start with listening. We should probably say this as well. Listening well to someone doesn't mean that you have to agree with what they're saying. God forbid if we think that good listening is characterized by always agreeing with what someone says. But even if you sense that someone's perceptions or interpretations or conclusions are going to need to be corrected or challenged, you should still listen first to understand so that you can answer well. You're probably not going to understand. If you don't understand, you're not going to be able to answer well unless you're willing to listen first. And you're probably not going to be willing to listen unless you have some humility. We should probably say this first, or say this as well. I'm certainly entitled to my opinion. You're entitled to the opinions that you have. But if we're not all that well informed about someone's concerns or the issues that we have opinions about, maybe we should start by showing some humility and listening first. Maybe we should read a few books actually first, which is a form of listening. Books by authors who themselves have taken time to listen to the complexities and understand the nuances, dynamics of situations and issues and concerns rather than a paragraph on social media. And maybe we should do that before we post our own expert opinions about the issue at hand for the whole world to read on social media. And maybe if we're doing that, we can be sure that Proverbs chapter 18, verse 2 isn't talking about us. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing his or her opinion. Let's not be those kind of people because a listening heart is a humble heart that doesn't arrogantly assume it understands everything that needs to be understood before listening. Listening often long and hard first. And so listening demands our humility toward ourselves, but listening also displays love toward others. So let's look at that second. Listening displays our love. Good listening is difficult and it's demanding. It takes time, it takes energy, it takes effort, it takes focus, and that's often why we don't do it. It's difficult and we don't love other people enough to give them the time to listen well, to invest ourselves in that. We're too self-absorbed, concerned about being heard, understood, and agreed with ourselves. 
And like the people in Zephaniah chapter three, people who won't listen and who are closed to correction are not loving people. In fact, we learn in verse one that people like that are oppressive. They tend to oppress other people, to belittle and to bully other people because non-listeners tend to view other people as if they're objects to be controlled, manipulated, debated with, defeated, owned, used, and possibly abused verbally. That's how non-listeners tend to view other people. They don't view them as people to be loved and heard. But love listens to people. Doesn't necessarily agree with people, but love listens to people. In fact, the German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who's well known for his book, The Cost of Discipleship, says this in another book called Life Together. Bonhoeffer says, the first service that one owes others in fellowship consists in listening to them. Just as love to God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for the brethren is learning to listen to them. So how exactly does love display, or listening display our love to others? Well, for starters, listening displays our love by validating the existence, worth, and value of another person. You know, when you stop to listen to someone, when you mute the television, when you close your laptop, when you turn your phone off or put your phone down in order to listen to someone else, you communicate to somebody else that they matter. You're validating their worth and their value and that they matter. But listening also displays our love by helping others to formulate and clarify their own thoughts and feelings. You know, the truth is we often need help to organize our thoughts and to name the feelings that we have. Those are, those are not always easy tasks, to organize thoughts and to name feelings. It can be very difficult. Naming feelings can be really difficult. I've, I've literally witnessed expressions of physical relief and sometimes tears when a disruptive and troublesome, nagging feeling is finally understood accurately and identified by someone. There's a sigh, so you feel empty. <sighs> yes, that's it. And the reason that brings relief is because naming it is often the first hopeful sign that can actually be dealt with. And to have a good listener helps with naming those things, but it also helps with thoughts. One author said that thoughts disentangle themselves as they pass through the lips. They disentangle themselves as they pass through our lips. In other words, talking helps us think, right? Talking helps us think. That's why sometimes we just say, I need somebody to talk to, because talking helps us think. And talking to someone else forces us to think more clearly because that jumbled assortment of thoughts and feelings that we have in our heads now has to be organized and articulated in such a way to make sense to someone else. And in order to do that, it forces us to make more sense of them ourselves. That's why talking with someone else who's listening is helpful. And it's even more helpful when we have someone who cares enough and loves enough to listen, to probe and to question so those thoughts can be clarified and understanding can be, be reached, not just on the part of the listener, but on the part of the one talking as well. Now, of course, it's true that people who are external processors will benefit from this more than people who internally process, but everybody benefits from this and needs this at times. And we shouldn't underestimate the value of this kind of service to someone, to serve as a listener, 
Because what a listener does is it calls for clear speech. And clear speech calls for clear thinking. And clear thinking is really important. It's hard, but it's really important. And it's important because our world is complex. Our lives are complex. Our relationships, our problems, and the things going on in our hearts are complex to understand. And we need to think clearly about those things so we can respond and act with clarity, purpose, wisdom, and thoughtfulness. And you can help someone sort all that stuff out. You can serve as a check on someone's sanity and grasp of reality simply by caring enough to spend the time to listen. And the wonderful thing about listening is you might just come to some personal clarity and learn some things about yourself when you listen to another process his or her thoughts and feelings. Clinical psychologist Jordan Peterson in his book 12 Rules for Life suggests that good listeners will summarize what they understand someone to be saying in the conversation. They will summarize back to the person what they understand is being said. And this has certain advantages. It helps consolidate what might be a lengthy dialogue into the most essential aspects to be remembered. No one remembers everything that was said in a conversation. What summarizing can do is it can distill those most important features of what's being said so that it can be recalled, it can be remembered. So it consolidates those things, but also provides an opportunity for someone to correct or modify your summary. Again, there's nuances, dynamics, complexities, distinctive concerns that you may not be getting right and allows a person to clarify those things, not just for you, but for him or for her. And of course, this allows you to have confidence that you're accurately understanding what the person is saying, but at the same time, it helps you resist the temptation to oversimplify or distort another person's perspective, which quite frankly is happening all the time. Oversimplifying and distorting what another person really thinks. We build up these straw people to debate and argue against when that's not really their argument because we're not taking the time to listen and understand. So summarizing is very helpful with that. But of course we have to acknowledge that a good deal of the situations and problems that we're facing in our lives are not gonna be able to be resolved quickly just by talking to someone. That's just not how most of our life is. And they don't just evaporate because we talk about them. So listening displays love because it provides tangible evidence that there's one person who's supportive in the midst of that. The problem may not go away, but having a tangible expression of a supportive person who's there to listen is an encouragement that they can continue to carry that weight that's not so easily and readily put down. And it seems that James Dobson's observation is right when he says, for some strange reason, human beings tolerate stress and pressure much more easily if at least one other person knows they're enduring it. That alone is helpful. And that alone is why listening displays our love. It reminds us that in a lot of situations, listening isn't just the only thing we can do. Listening is sometimes the best thing that we can do. Listen to Bonhoeffer once again. Bonhoeffer says, Christians, especially ministers, he says, so often think that they must always contribute something when they are in the company of others, that this is the one service they have to render. They forget that listening can be a greater service than talking. 
than speaking. Many people are looking for an ear that will listen and they do not find it among Christians because these Christians are talking where they should be listening. And this tendency to talk rather than listen impacts our relationships with other people. It impacts the way that we love them or don't love them. But it also impacts our relationship to God because listening is one way we deliver our worship to God. And so that's the third point. Listening delivers our worship. Note the connection between not listening and not worshiping in our text. Zephaniah says she listens to no voice. She accepts no correction. And this is followed by these words. She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. There's a connection between listening and worshiping. Our God is a God who speaks. Again, he speaks creation into existence. But he's also a God who has spoken to us in the scriptures. And our response is to be the same as creation's response in the beginning, and that is to respond to that word in obedience. Listening to God is not a physiological function of our ears. It's a spiritual act of obedience. To listen to God is to obey him, and to obey him is part of our worship. There's a connection between listening and obeying. This is reflected even in the language of the Greek New Testament, where the word Akuo means to listen or hear, and the word hupakuo, should be able to hear the similarities, means to obey. We could woodenly translate hupakuo as listening under. To listen under someone is to obey. Akuo and hupakuo. There's a connection between listening and obedience, but we don't have to go to the Greek language to get that connection because we have the connection in our own language. When parents lament that their children won't listen to them, they generally mean their children are not obeying them. (laughs) And so to listen to God is to render our obedience to him. And to obey his voice above all other competing voices is one of the ways that we deliver our worship to him. And this is important because God warns us, he warns people that if we won't listen to him, he won't listen to us. We read this in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 15. This warning is issued by the Lord. He says to the people, when you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. I won't see. And even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. And hands full of blood is suggestive of the kind of rebellion, defilement, pride, oppression, and godlessness that's cited against the people that Zephaniah is addressing, who are not obeying the Lord, who are not listening to the Lord, who are not worshiping the Lord. And they're not doing any of those things because they're showing themselves to not be his children. The people that Zephaniah is addressing are not his children. Because here's the amazing thing. God's children are listeners because they're resembling their heavenly father. God is not just a God who speaks. He's a God who listens. That's the amazing thing. The king of all creation doesn't just order commands. He listens. Psalm 28, verse 6. Blessed be the Lord. Notice how it begins with worship. Blessed be the Lord. Why? For he has heard the voice of my pleas for mercy. He listens. Psalm 34, 6. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. And then we read 
Uh, Psalm 116, verse one, very similar to 28.6. I love the Lord. Another expression of worship. Why? Because he listens. He heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Our God listens because he's gracious and he loves his children and we respond with celebration and worship along with the psalmist. But we have something greater than what the psalmist didn't have and that is we have a greater assurance that we are heard by God when we cry out to him because we can cry out to him in the name of Jesus. Jesus who humbled himself by becoming a servant, expressing that kind of humility. Jesus who loved others by listening to them. Jesus who delivered perfect obedience and worship to the Father in order to save us. This Jesus is God's speech to us. He is God's word, God's revelation, the incarnate word. So go to him and listen to him. If you're not listening to Jesus, you're not listening to God. If you're not listening to to Jesus, you're not obeying the Lord and worshiping the true God. But this Jesus has also ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, which we just confessed in the Apostles' Creed. And he's there as our advocate, as our defender, as our mediator, as our intercessor, giving us the assurance that we will be heard by God through him. So go to him and worship God through him. Cry out to God in his name and be heard. Adam McHugh, one author, says, in no other royal court have hearings been so graciously extended. We have a hearing in the court of the king whenever we want. And because Jesus loved us and gave himself for us, we can know that that hearing will never result in our condemnation as the criminals that we actually are. We'll never be condemned as the criminals we are. Far from it. It's almost the opposite. We're adopted as the king's sons and daughters. And so, as sons and daughters of the God who listens, let us be people who listen well, in humility, in love toward others, and in worship toward God. Let me quote Bonhoeffer one more time. He says, he who can no longer listen to his brother will soon be no longer listening to God either. He will be doing nothing but prattle in the presence of God too. This is the beginning of death of the spiritual life. Anyone who thinks that his time is too valuable to spend keeping quiet will eventually have no time for God and his brother, but only for himself and for his own follies. If you're not listening you're not humble. If you're not listening, you're not loving others. If you're not listening, you're not worshiping God. So how can we become better listeners? Well, I would suggest the first step is to be still and take time to listen to the voice of God speaking in scripture. Read it, hear it being read, hear it being taught, hear it being preached, and listen. And as you hear the word of God, Bear in mind the grace and love that he's extended to you by giving you a listening ear in Christ Jesus and show that same grace and love by listening to others. And finally, we can remember that we have two ears and one mouth. Talk less, listen more. Let's pray. Our great God in heaven, we come to you with grateful hearts that you are a God who listens that you are a God who is mindful of our condition and you have had compassion on us. You have shown us grace. 
And because we are those made in your image, because we are those you have redeemed, help us to listen and to be listeners as you are a listener. We offer all these things up in the name of Jesus, who is our intercessor and mediator. In his name we pray, amen.